Our text today will be from the book of Daniel, from chapter 13 um, up to the end. I'm going to read this to the end, but let me just give you context. Um, once again, those of you who are with us, uh, please bear with me as I try and be, give context to where it is. If you're not familiar with this story, just at the time when Israel was on the decline, they were invaded by Babylon, and part of the invasion at that time was where uh, the leaders of that country were either killed or taken into exile. So those who were there, and what, what happened back in the day and those times when a country was invaded, the, all the people in leadership were killed, were eliminated, especially those who are in, mil, in the military. Similarly, why they did that is because they never wanted that country that had been invaded to come up again uh, and, and try to defend themselves. Those who are taken out into, uh, who are taken out into exile were the aristocrats, uh, what we know here as the middle class, those who are the professionals. And Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were part and parcel of those who are taken out into exile. And they're taken to exile into different places. For them, they were taken to the capital in Babylon. Now, in the capital of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel were distinguished from the crowd and put to work in the king's court. So we heard in chapter 1, in their interaction the king's court, they decided to distinguish themselves, saying they're not going to eat the same food as the food that was given to the kings. So they distinguished themselves. If we go to chapter 2, we didn't cover this last week, but in chapter 2, we see Daniel using his gift of interpreting dream and distinguishing his service. The king of Babylon. And now, we, are, we get a story where the king of Babylon, for some reason, just decided, you know, from now on, I shall be known as God. And I will put up a statue, a huge statue monument, and all of you will bow down and worship me. In fact, if you don't bow down and worship me, I will have you killed. Not just killed, you will be thrown into a furnace where you will burn. So here I put an edict and I send it out, I'll send it out and he sent it out all over the land and he got all the leaders to come to the capital and to see the monument. And he got all the choirs and whatever musicians and says when you hear them singing and all that, you bow down and worship. And that's what happened. People bow down and worship. And so in verse 13, when this thing was happening, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in a dilemma. Imagine there is a whole crowd of people. And you, you know the way when, when, when the president goes to a function, all the dignitaries come. Everyone comes because the president is here. You, you, you have that. And so imagine, but this time it's, a whole, imagine a whole sea of people who have come to worship this monument. 
all forms and, and levels of government are represented there. And when the music starts, they all bow down. And when they are bowing down, these three guys decide not to. I actually think one of them wanted to bow. Guys, just relax. Someone was like, no. Three of us are doing this. We can't do this. We can't bow. Because this is against what we know. How can we bow to this thing? It is the what commandment, everybody? Which commandment? The first, second, or the third commandment? It's the first commandment. That we shall not bow down to anything. Yeah. You see, some of you are like, hmm. Actually, it's the first and the second commandment. I said, if we do this, we are breaking the commandment of God. And I can imagine these guys freaked out, freaking out because they knew if they don't do this, things are thick. We are going to die. And so in verse 13, what gets to Nebuchadnezzar that he's Trusted guys are not doing this. Verse 13. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, uh, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of God, gold I have set up? Now, the fact that he knew their names says how close these guys were to the king. I mean, you could be in leadership, you don't know your entire team, but the fact that Nebuchadnezzar knew these guys, these guys were close. They served right, right there within the king's court, and if possible, these guys were trusted guys. And now, now, now Nebuchadnezzar says, okay guys, I hear you, I know, they have not heard my commands, they have not understood the edict. So, uh, just, just, just one more time. Play the music, and you will bow down. Oh, see, oh, Cindy, oh, right? Maybe, maybe you didn't get it right. Sa, sa, okay? And, and, and he says, now you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, pipes, and all kinds of music. If you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. Going to do it? Shadrach, Mishnah. But if you do not worship it, thrown immediately into a blazing furnace, then what God will be able to ask you? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. We are thrown into the blazing furnace. The God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve God's worship the image. For some reason, I think, Father God,
supposed to reflect situation the young men these few moments that we have to in the reason why i'm i'm sensing we should not go is 27 because it's the end of this story i want to focus on this particular this particular point uh, of the story because guys challenges will come and you challenges will come to your walk with god and your faith journey and you will be tested and if you haven't been tested that testing is going to come if you choose to follow jesus christ no it's going to be hard oh guys i want to say this if you are not facing any opposition and challenge possibly you are not walking the faith journey if you are not facing opposition in your life I want to suggest to you then maybe you are not walking this walk with the Lord because one is that you are a sinful person we live in a sinful world and there is the devil the champion the accuser the accuser of all the champion of accusers who is at work seeking for any opportunity for us to disobey god and not just disobey to abandon our faith and this comes in different tes testing you will one day have your back against the wall when you need to make quick decision a major decision or you will not have time to pray to think or to call someone for help the question i want to ask you today is how will you respond to this how do you prepare to make that judgment call okay my message to you now what can we learn and i told you i'm not going to dwell on this much just go straight one of the things that i'm beginning to appreciate about uh the high cost of living in our country in as much as prices are going up some of us are still living like we are making money not that we are not but we are not making adjustments and let me express to you one thing that i i i i have it's it's a story that a, a friend of mine who really irritates me my this friend of mine really irritates me and why he really irritates me is because he has a habit uh, that he has developed it's a big pet peeve of mine too but that one for me is name dropping name droppers you know um uh, i know this person i know this person or i was with this person i was with this person it did not help because what he said was true so in 2013 uh during the campaigns and all that um he he backed the side that won 
And in, in, in that side and the politicians that he had, you know, when they go and get that seat, he also joined them. And um, because he was close to those who are in government, he had wind of many of the opportunities. And sure enough, the guy started bowling. Within the first year of his, of uh, the Jubilee government of 2013, 2014, uh, the guy was, the guy was bowling. The guy was bowling. I mean, you'd see it and you'd be like, yes, oh, it was legit business, okay? It's just that he had access to information. Those of you who are doing like that, kind of him, he was there before you. So he knew. And he'd do legit business, deliver on whatever services the government gave him. But Yanni, the thing that went on was he kept on name dropping. So we would be talking about this and, and maybe something about something we've seen in the news. They said, yeah, yeah, I saw him. I was just with him last week. In our head, it was like, tell us, you know. Don't be telling in our head. And there are times we just used to tell him, dude, man, just, just chill out, man. But yeah, Amma, he driving and he'd say, I just left my driver over there. He's waiting for us. I'm like, it's only Jangos who talk like that. I just left my driver out there and all this. Uh, you know, and he's not even Jeng. But, but this was my big pet peeve with him. Always name dropping. But he knew the who's who in Kenyan business circles and political circles. But he was also a good storyteller. In fact, he was those storytellers who, you know, had chumvi on it, yeah? So he'll tell you a story and it, yeah. And in English, it's called hyperbole. I had to say that. He says, you know, add salt. <laughs> so one time a situation came when an individual who we all knew, uh, this guy, the name dropper, owed this guy money. And so it was time to collect. And I remember we were, we were, we were seated somewhere and the guy's name came up and said, oh, oh by the way, uh, do you, you know this guy? I said, yeah, yeah, we know the guy. In fact, we with him just the other week. What's up? Said, the guy owes me money. What do you mean he owes me money? It's like, this guy has been MIA. Hey, for, for how long? Ah, I said, this is a couple of months. And he owes you money. Yeah, so they call him right now. And he wasn't picking the phone. And so the test was, let's ask, call him. So we did call. Picked our phone. But we didn't want to embarrass him. Talk to him on your phone. Here's the problem. This guy owed this person only 10,000 shillings. But this is a person who was working with He was working with millions. But at this time, he could not. What we came to discover is he was just talking. And this is where I want to begin to talk about edge our as believers. See, we need to live within our means and our capability. We need to live 
within what we earn, what we are capable. We've had that term, you know, just stay in your lane. Let me explain. The point here is, this guy spoke big but could not deliver. When that unexpected call from one of your creditors comes, came rather from his creditors, he could not deliver. Chadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were men of principle and character, and these were men who not only meant what they say, but they backed up their actions. My point here, which is my first point of being prepared, is live within your means. If you earn 10K, don't spend all the 10K. In fact, don't spend 10,001. Because you're always going to be under pressure. And with the costs of living going higher and higher, these pressures are going to be there. And so part of the part and parcel of having a good judgment call, being able to, to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in these hard financial times is live within your means. Don't live beyond. You, you take a loan for your car and you, you take a loan to buy furniture. Then you take a loan to finance your master's degree. But you still go out every weekend with your pals to have a good time. And you hang out at places like the art cafe and Java where you spend a, a little more than you can. No wonder you are broke. In fact, no wonder you are stressed. In fact, no wonder you are not sleeping. Oh, no wonder you are remembering the number of people who owe you money. Oh, no wonder you are complaining about the prices going up. Oh, no wonder. Are you hearing? You can see people shifting on their seats. Huh? I will not be surprised if you came to confess to me, your pastor, when you are under pressure that you came in the opportunity at work <laughs> that hey, you allowed something to pass at work or you took from your employer and say, pastor, I have a confession. I won't be surprised. Why? It's because you have already added pressure by the lifestyle that you spend what you have on what you really need. I don't know why we take things and we buy things to impress people we don't know with things we don't need. And it's important that we recognize that. Guys, if people are are posting things on Instagram, Facebook, and all that, on where they are, and those, those vacations. Celebrate with them. Don't feel jealous. If you can't afford a vacation with your family, you just need to explain to your children that this year, we are not doing that. This year, we are going to show shows. And it's okay. See, 
continue putting yourself under financial pressure. When the financial temptation comes your way, or you are going to take the bride, and you will have a conscience crisis, but it is you that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego lived by a code were always prepared that they will not worship any other god. They would. And so when this particular thing came, and we're coming, we're coming to that decision uh, in just a bit, but when this particular thing is, the code just came up because this was their lifestyle. The same thing with you guys. Let's, my, my main point here, guys, my first point here is just live within your means. Always be prepared. Live within your means. Number two, avoid edge play. Now, those of you who play competitive sports, specifically football, you understand what edge play is. Edge play is you, you play right near the line. Okay? The touch line in itself. As a skill, those who play within their, uh, especially defenders, defenders use the, the line as a, an added defender, but as especially wingers, who are very good at dribbling, use that. Because if somebody just touches the ball, it goes out, and it's still in your possession and your favor. But that is because that person has the skill. We, in many ways, work and play at the edge or the margin of life. Let me explain to you. I have had a very bad habit of procrastinating. And my way of justifying this habit is by saying, I love working under pressure. But guys, the more and more I have taken on leadership responsibility, the more and more that there are people who depend on me, this habit of procrastinating has had to die an absolute death. I have not conquered it. I still struggle with it. And let me give you an, a, 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 an example. I had a business once, and uh, for a startup business, um, this fledgling business, you, you know, as the owner of the business, you are, you are the CEO, you are the CFO, you are the accountant, you are the messenger, you are the transport guy. What else are you? You are the what? You are the marketer, you are the person who does it. You are all things to, to all in itself, Okay. And so, I, 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 in doing that, there was a business opportunity um, that was coming up, and we were supposed to hand in uh, this proposal. So, I forgot, let me not put it, I procrastinated. I procrastinated. But I got word that this business opportunity that I had pitched earlier, they were closing the following day. That night, I did not sleep. I did an overnight doing the work, and then the following morning, these guys needed a physical proposal, not an email. They needed a physical proposal. So I, I, I did not sleep. I finished that, and that morning, I ran to a printer and a designer, a graphic designer. They did this thing, making it nice and all that, to spruce up the document, and then I went to my lawyer's office at Hazina Towers. 
And that's where his offices were, where we were going to sign the contracts. Again, I had left it with him and I had forgotten it. Put that, I had procrastinated. So I went to pick up those documents, put them together in the package, and I had to drop it at the office not far from uh, across Kenyatta Avenue. It was about 15 minutes to the deadline. That's how close I'd got to. So I ran across town from Hazina Towns, all the way crossing, just through alleys. I didn't want to the main street, you know. Uh, people could think that I'm a thug. But I had a suit and tie. Yes, I had a suit and tie that day. Believe it or not, guys, I had a suit. Pastor had a suit. That is a phenomenon. Anyway, I'm not a suit and tie guy. But I didn't know who I was going to meet when I was doing that, so I had to dress up. So I'm running through Tao. And at, those, at that time, on Kenyatta Avenue, you may remember where the Nakumat, the Chomekat, on Mathi Street, you know that place, Afro Nations are there. There used to be a barrier over there, a foot barrier. So it prevented pedestrians from just crossing over your view. So, <laughs> so um, I was one of those pedestrians who crossed over your view. I'm going somewhere with this story. And I decided, if I go round this way, I'll have to go round traffic like and all that, or I go round this way. That comes from an alleyway behind the nation, a media house. And I was coming in, so I just ran and I hurdled over the, the barriers. Right into the hands of the Nairobi County Government Ascaris, a.k.a. I was arrested less than 100 meters from the office. I was about to send it. I don't think my wife even knows this story. Getting to me. And I was told, Mr. Sir, you are crossing at an undesignated pedestrian crossing. This is called jaywalking. I did not know that law existed in Kenya, but that day I, I knew. And uh, I, I was told, Ingiakwa Gari. It was a gray face you, face me kind of thing. And when I got in, there were people in handcuffs. And I was like, oh, shucks. Uh -huh. So I was in, and guys were in handcuffs. And this, this was very interesting. As I was sitting there, it was now past the deadline time. And there, two meters building, a potential business money was had I worked with good margins I would have submitted this work way in advance but guys Isitoshe don't you never say Isitoshe there is a story so <laughs> the, the van started moving it was, I mean, there's a pavement there. It started getting off the pavement. Then it just turned. Now facing now the new Stanley. And I knew once it starts getting onto that Kenyatta Avenue, and then it's going to get in, we are going to go down to the basement, City Hall. They were making sure we were going to be late. So by three, we go, we see the judge, uh, the magistrate. Because at four, the offices close. And what happens? have to spend the night. So, 
I was one of the few people in a suit there, and everyone started giving money. Everyone started giving money. And uh, the first thing they told is to patia simuyako. So people were giving them their phones. Or your phones, you write down the phone, the phone thing and all that. And there was a guy who was there with a book. It was funny. And I was asked, Naweweje, utatupatia pesa ama mutaenda dani? And I said, dani. I was shocked. This guy with a suit. Enda dani. The pause there. Bible is examples of people like me who live on the edge. And it's much easier to find yourself in a bind, making decisions that you will come to regret. David, a man that we celebrate in the Bible, this guy has a life that sometimes, guys, I don't think we should emulate some of the things that David did. Because as a king, David was supposed to be on the front lines with his army fighting to protect the kingdom. But he chose to stay at home, starting to live on the edge. It was during this time that he saw Bathsheba and was tempted. Giving in to his lusts, he abused his power and authority, coerced her and had sex with her. Things went south from their end. She got pregnant and David murdered her husband. That baby died. It was just a mess. In fact, it was one of those incidents of edge play that resulted later in David's daughter being raped by her brother. And then her other brother, this and other son, killed this brother. There was a coup from one of his sons. I mean, things just went from bad to worse. Just because he lived. That's what I'm trying to be able to say. Don't tempt sin. Sin already got you. are already sinful. By playing with sin, it's, it's like a magnet. You just attract. A tour company in the Alps in Europe, very high mountains, had three more people or three people they had shortlisted to be drivers, tour bus drivers, just three of them. And they had tested all their skills and all that. And they said, look, we want to just interview you one last time Want you to ask, want to ask you these questions. As a tour bus driver, you are experienced, and they got in one, af one, one after the other. The first one came, was asked, you are a tour bus driver. We know your experience. We've seen it. We've even seen it. You've taken us on the tour. How close would you get to the edge of a cliff on the road before you think you'd jeopardize those in the bus, the lives of those in the this person said, my experience, I think, maybe I'm better. So, that is it. The second person was asked, how close would you get to that? And he says, mm, 
maybe half a million. Thank you. The third driver in his interview was asked, how close would you get to the edge? And the driver said, to the edge? Yes. Like, for me, I'd stay as far as possible. Guess who got that job? The writer of the book of Jude, Jude himself, Jude 121 in the New Living, Trans, uh, Living Bible Translation says, Jude 121, stay within the boundaries where God's love can reach. Psalm 16, verse 5 and 6, it says, Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. God has made it clear that we must live wisely. Ideally, we should stay as far as possible from the edge of the cliff because the closer you get to the edge, the higher the chances when you start sending texts to him at night, more you start getting emotionally attached to him. The more you start entertaining. Our words of affirmation, men, you're not getting it. Or you get in. Are the small edge play things we do. Boundaries we need to be. Always be prepared. Lastly, as I leave, develop a fail switch. A fail switch is that switch when you just touch it, everything goes off. The panic button, panic, Everything goes off. That's what a faith switch is. I can only imagine the fear and dread Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were facing with the possibility of dying by fire. There was no time to consider the pros and cons of their situation. There was no time to call on others to pray on their behalf. There was no time. There was no time for even them to pray. What do you do? Our instinct is when caught in a situation that is life-threatening, our reaction is either to fight or to flee. I suggest to you, these young men had a fail switch. The fail switch main function is when you are in a catch-22. Automatically switch. Run for the fail switch, which triggers courage side of you, right? These guys could not flee. And so the fail switch triggered them to face the music. 17. Blazing furnace. The God we serve is able to deliver us from it. But even if he does not want you to know the majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold. Just you that these guys made us a decision way in advance. The worship 
of God Jehovah was a non-negotiable. A principle never to be played with. Given a choice, they would face whatever consequences, even death as we've seen in Daniel 3. In the book of Genesis, a guy called Joseph found himself in an almost compromising situation with his bosses. Hit his fail switch. Out. Consequences. In the New Testament, Stephen, faced with a menacing mob, could have whistled his way out and told people, I really didn't mean what I said. But he hit the fail switch, ended up being stoned to death by them. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, tempted to give up the burden of dying for all of mankind, of all of humanity, said, Father, take this cup away from me. Had he done that, history would have been different. But under immense pressure and even temptation, Jesus hit close to finish. God, hear it by him. I will. You see, guys, the failed switch is a countermeasure. It is not for the faint-hearted. It's something you have to design and put there. It is not for pansies. It's not for softies. It's not for it's, it's not for people who, are, uh, who, who, who don't want to fight. It is for courageous and for principled people. Guys, we need to prepare in advance. Imagine the worst case scenarios and decide if we are to ever be put in a situation that would compromise on our belief that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God who died and rose again. And whatever consequences follow, always hit the fail switch and honor this faith. in. What are your non-negotiables? Those, in just in a nutshell, that is what I'm asking you. What are your non-negotiables? Do you have any? If you don't, make them now. It will be harder if you don't have them. If that situation were ever to arise, if you have been, you have become, have chosen to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ, and seek to make an influence and a mark in the kingdom, or the kingdom in the marketplace, then, oh guys, persecution and challenges. Best you prepare. By defining your none. Because Paul points this out in 1 Corinthians. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do. 1 Corinthians 10, 12, verse 13. No temptation has overtaken you except what is. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will always provide a way out. So that you can endure. So guys, when you're in that dire situation, when your back is against the wall, 
when you cannot even pray or ask for help or run away, there are three ways you can respond. There are two ways you can respond. You could conform and go with the flow and like a moth to a flame, just go. You could cower in fear and let the circumstances decide for you. Have a third way. Third way is always be prepared. Make a decision before it happens. Live within your means, ability. Avoid edge play. Develop a God. Have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. Because among us are a people who desperately need your grace. Because we live in a sinful world. And the enemy, as we read in scripture, is like a roaring lion, prowling, seeking for prey for whom you devour. Father God, we are also sinners. And so things are stacked against us. But today, Father God, we choose to say that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God who died and rose again. And it is in this we believe and ask for your grace. I pray that, Father God, we will be people who stand for truth and justice. That we live in purity, integrity, honor of you, respecting those we interact with. Teach us always be prepared. come to the end of our service today and thank you for your undivided attention. I want to ask that we just spend a few moments just in prayer and reflection. Just now, I'm not going to close with a benediction. Take a few moments and say, God, where have I not been prepared? Where have I been working? Where have I been prideful that I need to surrender to you? Be more aware. Bring those to the Lord. When you feel that uh, you are done with that prayer and reflection, free to go. Great week. We do have refreshments after this, so please.